and welcome back to the, the Sheffield Gaming Podcast, the show that is designed to bring together all those who play, work, live and love games in this lovely city of ours, or at least inside our homes in this lovely city of ours. Every show is designed to let you know all about that is go- what is all about what is going on in games in Sheffield, and most importantly, in games in Sheffield at the same time. My name is Connor Clark, and today I am joined by... Uh, hey, I'm uh, Matt Turner. I uh, basically, uh, in, when we're allowed out of our houses, uh, I work at the Treehouse Board Game Cafe where I teach people to play board games, uh, serve beer, and um, uh, dungeon master and, and game master for role playing games. And I'm also joined by. Hiya. Uh, I'm Jade. I am a community manager for a social networking site called Ember. I'm also a Twitch streamer. Uh, I'm a woman in games ambassador. I was going to say woman in games, but I don't think that's technically correct. Um, And I'm also doing this sweet, sweet podcast on a Friday night. Nice. Awesome. So uh, that's right. We are actually are live streaming on uh, Twitch on the twitch.tv slash NVMUK. And we do live stream this every Friday night at 7pm. Um, thanks for reminding me of that, Jade. Uh, how are you doing? How's, uh, how's everyone been this past week? Hmm. It's been a quiet one, isn't it? It's been, it's been a quiet one. Um, you know, we're, we're still still on the old uh, lockdown. Lucky uh, D. Lock, D life. Um, what have I been doing? I have been, I have still been on with my wide gaming, uh, kind of crusade. uh, Wide gaming. Are we sticking with this terminology? I think so. I think it, I think it works. I think it's apt. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's, it's fitting. And, um, I have, I have just been bouncing from game to game. Um, really enjoying myself just messing around. I've even started listening to soundtracks of games. I don't think I'll ever play just, just to kind of get the vibe. I, I um I downloaded the Iconfell uh, soundtrack mm-hmm. uh, by Ivy and Sarasu. I can't remember. I don't know how to pronounce their names. Um, but like they are kind of like chip tune um uh, artists uh, who've done some amazing work before. And um I was like, oh, what else have they done? And it was like Iconfell sound Iconfell soundtrack. And I don't I know don't know the first thing about Iconfell apart from it's like a turn based JRPG style um kind of uh, uh, game, but uh, like indie game. But goodness me, that soundtrack's really, really good. So I'm like, oh, maybe I wish, I wish this, like, I wish someone would play the game near me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I want someone to either play it in the same room as me, just while I'm uh, working or tapping mm-hmm. away or doing whatever, or I, I guess I could settle for someone streaming it and I'll have it in, a, in a, on a second monitor. But uh, like, I don't want to play that game. I don't think I don't tend to vibe with JRPG mechanics. But I, um, but yeah, I've been all over the place. I played, um, and, and, you know, I'm not going to get to what I played yet because uh, I, I feel like I'm taking up a load of time on what on, on the what's happened this week segment. So, no, I like, I think soundtracks are great. And I think, you know, um, there is, have you seen that the Persona soundtrack is on Spotify um, for all of the Persona games? And if you ever listen to those soundtracks, they are amazing. They listed them though. And at least from the first time I went to look at them, they've uh, not listed those games under English language, so you actually have to search the kanji in in Spotify to find them. Wow. Um, but if you do find them, the Persona Four soundtrack is absolutely banging. So nice. Well, you Jade, how's it, how's how's your week been? Um, I'm still at work and stuff. So like after Christmas, I'm kind of back into the flow of like getting up and 
finishing at a certain time and trying to do like little hobbies after after work um back streaming this week so that's been nice I kind of took a few days off just didn't want to do it mm-hmm. um so just don't do stuff you don't want to do in in times like these because you're going to make yourself miserable mm-hmm. um so a nice sort of yeah nice getting back into the flow of things and matt i totally know what you mean with the um you want someone to play a game near your thing because i have that with films like i can't sit, usually sit through a full film without sort of wanting to get up and or talk about something irrelevant. I'm quite irritating to watch a film with. But if, a, if someone's watching a film and I'm in the room, I can kind of like listen in when I want to and kind of like get get the idea of it without having to sort of sit there two and a half hours wishing I was dead. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't get this. I don't get this. So you like you just but when then I don't see what's the point, right? Like I if I'm sitting in a film, I'm one of those people. Right, where I'm like right. I'm putting my phone down. I'm not picking it up. Like the phone is staying down. I don't know. And that's sound, but because I don't like gore or I don't really like too much sort of fighting or anything, and trust me, so many films will just chuck a bit of violence in just just for the sake of it. So it's sort of like I'd love to get really invested in it, but at some point I'm gonna have to not watch anyway. So, <laughs> so what? If, yeah. if it's a comedy, I'm, I'm down, but otherwise, mm. <laughs> I'm I'm a little bit like you actually, Connor. I I for me a film is like an event, which is why which might explain why I watch so few films because I'm like oh it's so tiring to watch this other film so I end up just not watching mm-hmm. movies very often um but like when I do I'm there like I will be able to remember it um after I very rarely watch m- movies twice um and so I'll I'll just like remember various weird details and plot points that like everyone else forgets just because mm-hmm. I was like this is the time I'm going to watch this film ever in my life oh my god I'm the opposite I like watch the same film a million times because I don't like change <laughs> no. I like to know. I like. I like the idea of knowing what's going to happen, and then when it does happen, I can kind of go. Ah. <laughs> I knew that. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I will agree with you though, Jade. Like this, this past week has um, has had me feeling quite snowed under. Ooh. See that. Mm. See, I, I, I'm trying to say that that I'm both busy at work and that it's been incredibly snowy in Sheffield. Um, Past two days, actually. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) thanks. Just thought I needed to explain it, just in case. Um, um, But yeah, no, but it's been, it's been, it's been, it's been, it's been, it's been kind of a crazy week, I think. Um, It's been, I don't know, kind of obviously rubbish again with the continuing lockdown and just completely kind of super volatile political situation that's going on with everything. That's just so kind of demoralising with everything um, that I've kind of escaped from it with work for me anyway. I've kind of felt Mm -hmm. like I'm just going to write just lock in and then hopefully forget about the outside world for a little bit um have done some 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 cool stuff though um i do i do, you know what i mean you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this now and then i'm gonna let you talk about the kind of or let you let you talk about the games that you want to play the, the the wide games you've been playing um but i kind of want to say this story get this story off the bat because i partially want this podcast to change right so i know it's the sheffield gaming podcast but i really want it to become the met boy uh game podcast the official <laughs> podcast for Mets Boy, which is <laughs> sorry, Jade. I know you're just immediately giving like, oh, what is this game? This stupid game that Matt and Matt and Connor have been talking about the past couple of weeks. I'm dumb. You've, you've, you've even like reeled my mates in now, so I have to see it everywhere. <laughs> so Met Boy is for those of you, for listeners that haven't weren't here last week when we were talking about it. But Met Boy is this 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 mobile game um, from Japan. Uh, that is this like action game. It's kind of like a, a cross between Flappy Bird and Resogun, a bullet hell kind of thing, but with Flappy Bird mechanics. Um, and it's amazing. And I just kind of discovered it, kind of, um, 
and realized that nobody is really playing this game outside of Japan, or nobody has played this game outside of Japan. And it has absolutely no press coverage in kind of the English-speaking world, basically, or outside of Japan. Um, like, if you Google it, you just get Meat Boy, basically. And it just says, here's, here's buy, yeah. buy Super Meat Boy. I'm like, no, I want to buy Met Boy. Different. It's a different game. <laughs> um, but I kind, of, I, I kind of love it, and I've put, I've put more time into that game uh, so far this year than any other game, actually. Um, and like, it's my daily routine now is to get up in the morning and try and set a high score. Um, and so it's great. Um, but obviously, no, like, no one was playing it in Europe. I've got Matt to play it now. I've got Dune to play it. Europe is now uh, fighting against the, the, the big boys, which is the provinces in Japan in the leaderboards. Um, so that's really exciting. But my story for today is that actually a couple of days ago, I, I like the game so much, I actually decided to email the creators of Metboy. Um, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> um, because because i just really like it and i just emailed them and i said look i really really like your game i think it's brilliant um is there any way kind of i can help you kind of get more players in the english speaking kind of world like in europe right in the uk like i'd really love to kind of help out can i help like market it in any kind of certain way um and they said yeah, go for it. Please do. Like, here's all our press assets. Take everything. Like, you know, do whatever you want to kind of try and get more players on this weird, obscure Japanese mobile game. Um, they gave me kind of full permission to kind of do whatever I want. And uh, that's just like, I was like, oh, okay, great. Yeah, no, right, I'm going to do it. So that's kind of how I became the unofficial, uh, or even official, I suppose, um, English language marketer for Metboy. Um, since then, we've been featured in Pocket Gamer magazine. Um, thanks to thanks to a couple of press releases that I sent out, and I'm hoping to get loads more players in 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 Europe. Um, so yeah, so that's my weird, crazy story regarding uh, an obscure Japanese game that I really enjoy. I mean, well done, like. But... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, you're you're in deep. I am in. I am. <laughs> yeah. The, the worst part is like you know, it, I suppose it probably should have been me, right? You have the skill set for sending press releases out, right. but you're also an incredibly busy man. <laughs> I am off work. <laughs> like, Connor, you don't need any more work. <laughs> yeah, uh, it has been, it has been an, an 8 p.m. jobby writing up this stuff, yeah, but. But hey, if if you like, I can I'll, we can do some more stuff together, Matt. If you if you want to, hey, yeah, I want to take a peek inside that uh, inside inside what a press pack looks like. So you know, I <laughs> I um I um <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm telling you, I'm, like part of the fact I, I I get what you mean though. Like in I get what in fact um, Tom Batty was saying so in 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 the chat here um, uh, live we were. Um, we're saying kind of part of the draw of the game is the fact that so few people play it. Mm -hmm. um, being able to see yourself not like among like hundreds of million, you know, your your ten millionth out of mm -hmm. uh, out of ten 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 thousand billion, mm -hmm. um, you are in fact like uh, in, instead inching your way up a leaderboard in, in significant quantities or like you know you just you you sort of able to see just how small and like relatively new the game is it makes it kind of a project a little fun like a uh, little fun playground to mess about in mm. um, do you feel I, mean, I don't feel professional no, no. <laughs> um but what i do what i do feel like is i mean I don't want to take away from how, how good the game is. It's like, it, it is a mm -hmm. smooth, like, um, 
uh, really, really enjoyable. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I call it kind of schematic. You don't have to. Um, you don't have to try and learn a control scheme. You're right. just kind of like intuitively figure. Like you, you don't even figure anything out. You just sort of slowly intuit better ways of doing things in this weird flappy bird uh, interface. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, I, I think part of it being so so niche is kind of what draws me to it. Mm. Oh, I, I, that's true. And I will say that even though I like I, said, I do have the highest score in Europe ever, which does like it does feel good. I'm not gonna lie. Even even though I, I am not even nowhere near the top one thousand of worldwide um and I can't even scroll up in the leaderboards there because it's like no, you're not even we're not even gonna let you look at what your score could be. Um, because you're just nowhere yeah. near, like you're nowhere near the actual high scores of real people. That it just says one thousand plus on mine. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> same. But how, how how have you been doing, Matt? How's your uh, how's how, how's your last week been? What games have you been playing? Okay, well, um, yeah, with my kind of wide uh, selection of games, mm -hmm. I have. Um, uh, I've I've done a little bit more kind of like sampling of uh, RPGs. I said last week I think that I had been playing Warhammer uh, Fantasy role playing game and uh, a bunch of other like small small not small RPGs but sort of like different RPGs trying things out. Mm -hmm. um, this week I was trying out Pathfinder Second Edition, which if, for those of you who don't know, um, Pathfinder is a uh, a game system that was developed kind of. In this lull, there was a during the '90s and, and early 2000s. There was a um, there was a, a little lull of content from the actual official Dungeons and Dragons uh, sort of people, mm -hmm. right? They made this thing. It got very bloated. It, it sort of started. People started to believe it was kind of tailing off because it wasn't being supported. So um, people started switching over to this um, this game called Pathfinder, which was by um, a, a company called Paizo and mm -hmm. um, P A I Z O. And um, basically, that kind of generated it was that kind of generated a kind of pocket dimension of D and D fans who weren't playing D and D, um, a separate pool that mm -hmm. all said they would still say that they were D and D players, right? Mm -hmm. But actually, they were playing pa the Pathfinder system. It's it's close. It's like a, a almost mirror mirror cousin or something like that. It's sort of like a mirror dimension version. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, th so basically, then D and D came back. You know, swinging, and people didn't much like the next uh, um, uh, edition of D and D, and then mm -hmm. uh, Pathfinder grew even more, and then uh, suddenly D and D came out with this big, chunky like the the this edition of D and D, the one that, that everyone is playing now, the one that got popular through streams, the one that is is accessible and and all that kind of thing. Um, uh, that's kind of uh, has taken back over. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the Paizo people were like, well. Listen, we have our little pocket dimension still. Yeah. Um, let's let's build on what we made and let's uh, let's continue. And so I, I tried a little bit of that. And uh, what it is is it's a bit more mathsy. So you know, you'll instead of just adding three or five to things, you'll be uh, adding. Okay, I've got a plus two modifier on this, and I've got a plus three modifier on this, and then I've got. But and then sometimes I'll have uh, if if I'm standing opposite a person, I'll have another plus one mm -hmm. uh, and then you know you're kind of compounding a bit of mass there um but it's also a lot more uh, kind of um there's a lot more choice there right um mm -hmm. one of the things that that, that uh, wizard sacrificed uh, for for the um idea of 
of, of, of accessibility for new players uh, was that they decided that like, okay, well, that, what that means is we're going to give the player less choice in how they make their character in how there are going to be the fewer rules on how to um, uh, in, in, in how to kind of play the character. There'll be fewer interactive rules in the, in the books. Um, so that is um, uh, that, that's kind of where it's at. It's like a, it's like <laughs> almost um, uh, a, a system fans, uh, yeah. Choice for 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 a fantasy role playing game yeah. uh, in that way. Um, the, it's the, still the gaming parts of it is in like you know like the, the maths and the the working out your attack powers etc. I've heard that is is on steroids. Um, yeah. Whereas D and D, I think with D and D with the fifth edition, that kind of simplified it somewhat. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, instead of like, for instance, um, instead of saying you know when you're standing above someone uh, on a balcony and you're shooting them with an arrow or what have you, uh, you have a plus three. Uh, standing bonus or what have, what have you for, for higher altitude, mm-hmm. uh, having a good angle on them. Instead, 5th uh, edition would say you just roll two dice and you take the highest, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the thing is, you that is broad because then if that person is also like blinded so they can't, you know, they can't dodge your arrow, they you would, you would also just roll two dice and take the highest. So there's not mm-hmm. that granularity there in the system. Um, uh, and... Uh, I'm getting quite into uh, inside baseball, I suppose, in, in that example. But mm. you know, it's it is yeah. The, the actual crunchy game is a little bit more, um, uh, a little bit more involved. The uh, the other thing I, I've been playing, I uh, well, I've actually mo- I moved on from um, uh, Ori and the Blind Forest, which I finished into um. Ori and the Will of the Wisp, <laughs> uh, Will of the Wisps, and um, uh, I have been just. Loving it, uh, I see why so many people were, uh, were calling for it, calling it game of the year because it is brill. Um, the platforming is so enjoyable. I wouldn't call it like you know Hollow Knight levels of you know up there with the best games ever made, uh, mm-hmm. but I I think it's just so satisfying to do everything in that game. Mm-hmm. It, the animation is so fluid and beautiful and varied. Um, every like power that you get to choose, which is different from Ori, uh, Ori in the Blind Forest, where you kind of like just got the powers and they would just all map themselves to a sing- uh, for, to different buttons. Mm-hmm. In this one, you get to, ch- again, <laughs> more choice, more granularity to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, you are, yeah, you, you, every single time you choose something, every time you get something new, it just feels absolutely amazing. And it's that Metroidvania style, but it's just pulled off in such a gorgeous way with such cute characters and such a beautiful story and an incredible score. Um, so mm. I completed that. And uh, the final game that I played um, in my wide gaming is I'm not going to mention until we get to a certain news article because um, it is uh, it's on, on the show notes because um, I think um, this one is the nihilist. The one I played um, is uh, the nihilistic Pokemon Snap. Um, and oh, uh, it's called it's called the Omerangi Generation, and um, oh. I want to talk. I'll talk about it after we talk about Pokemon Snap. Okay, yeah, cool. We'll come on to that. Interesting. Is that, uh, I, I like what you say about the, the Ori games. I've kind of I bounced off them and kind of wanted to, to try them. But what I can't deny is that those games, the aesthetic of those games, from the music to the art design to just to everything about it, it's just top, absolute top, top, top tier. Those are beautiful looking games. Um, Weirdly, I think the newest one actually you can get it to run on uh, the Xbox Series X at 8K, which, is, as far as I'm aware, is the only kind of you know you don't run many games at 8K. But I like, it was 8K. I <laughs> it was... 
Yeah. Well, I've got four of them. This twice as many Ks. <laughs> twice as many Ks. Um, I've, yeah, I, I kind of want to see what it's like at 8K, but I just can't. I can't visualize it. Maybe it's like IMAX. I don't know. <laughs> oh. how, how about you, Jade? What have you been playing this week? Night in the Woods. Night in the Woods? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Um, I got it from the um, the Racial Injustice Bundle, you know, on Itch? Mm-hmm. It's in there and it's cute and I've installed it and I've been playing it and it's cute. <laughs> It's cute. It's, um, it's it's like all different sort of like woodland animals, um, like deers and cats. Uh, cats not very woodland. They're cute. Just think cute animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a bear with a nice little hat on that works uh, in a shop. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little deer with an earring called Greg that works in a different shop. All my friends' uh, animals and they work in shops. Anyway, um, I've sort of like uh, I'm the cat and I've been away for some time at college or whatever, and I've come back and. Everyone seems to be a bit weird now. And the game's got, like, really, really good dialogue. And they, they kind of say things you're not expecting them to say because they're so cute. Uh, and they sort of, like, start questioning the meaning of life and stuff just, like, in the middle of a chat, like, in, in, in the shop. I've <laughs> a few times. Uh, and I'm just a bit excited, sorry. And then, um, yeah, it's great. But it's all, like, it's kind of weird and sinister at the same time. Like, there's a, a a severed arm that you find at some point and you can, like, poke it with the, with the cat paw. So you just kind of, there's just a big paw on the screen that reaches up and you can kind of touch the severed arm. Um, but that's as far as I've got. But it's, it's really weird. And like, I just, actually, I just uh, committed some crimes. So. <laughs> and whilst also playing Night in the Woods. It's, <laughs> yeah. I have to say that every time because like the character says such dodgy stuff. I can have to go in game, in game, just in case like, nobody who knows me's watch it. Well, you know um, but it's it's beautiful. Like um, like you were saying about the Ori games, which I've sort of played a little bit of, but would like to play in full. Um, it's just that sort of magical, sort of nice environment atmosphere. Have you have you seen the uh, the video for the Mars Volta Televators? No. <laughs> That's a weird obscure reference. Anyway, yeah. there's a bit like that, and it's just kind of floaty and nice, and it's yeah, it's great. The, the style's really lovely, and the animation's great, and the dialogue especially is spot on. Nice. Uh, uh, Leah in the comments has said it. it's like the Animal Crossing New Horizons villagers after dark. I should have just said that. That's a way better description. <laughs> Animal Crossing Night after in the woods. dark. <laughs> Night in the woods, be cute, do crimes. Yeah. No, oh, it's so good. If you like get a chance to watch the trailer, I totally would. And I think the um, the music in that's really good as well. I'm sure it's. I think Connor told me it was based off a real life band, but I can't remember the name of them now. Oh wow, cool! Heck, check it out. I, 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 I watched a little bit of your. Oh, sorry, I watched a little bit of your stream. Um, uh, yeah, and, uh, um, I, I like honestly, it it when I first saw it, I was like, there is. Uh, I I want to play this. This looks really good, but also there are so many games that have that feel to it. Yeah. Um, not like. Not, I don't mean like that you've just described. I mean, because you've kind of enlightened me on what it's like uh, by your play and also by uh, your review. But um, like, there are so many games that have that, you know, kind of visual novel, walking around town, talking to people um, uh, approach that it's easy to get lost in like which ones are really relevant, which ones you really want to play. So yeah. um, I think I, you, you might have inspired me to, to play that eventually. And you get to play the bass like Guitar Hero, but like with a little paw. <laughs> It was oh. so good. Honestly, if you could just please watch the trailer if you've got time. But like, I'm not sponsored by them or anything. I just, <laughs> I just think it's very, very cute. 
in in the comments, uh, Rabid Racing Turtle says, "What's the bundle all about?" And uh, you say it was the racial equality bundle. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, the um, the one that was like you could donate a fiver or something. You got like something ridiculous, like five hundred games back in June twenty twenty, I think it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, during the uh, Black Lives Matter uh, protests. That was the um, one. Uh, to support them, uh, and it was the biggest, the categorically the biggest gaming bundle that there has ever been. Mm. I think it's twenty twenty dollars now. I don't know what that is in British pounds, but mm. I think that's how much it costs. If you were wondering. Cool beans, right? Should we should we get into a little bit of news, a little bit of a little bit of Sheffield news, or at least the kind of um, bit of what's been going on in Sheffield? Because um, uh, obviously, with with lockdown, uh, there's not a particularly huge amount of news going on um but one thing i did do and we actually mentioned about it last week um and one thing i got to do this week i'm really excited about was that i i did the treehouse delivery matt uh treehouse board game cafe are delivering games and you can buy games online and they will literally come to your house knock on your door and give you your games or at least leave it on your doorstep and then step back safely because it's COVID. <laughs> um, so I actually have it here. Um, so people are watching the stream can actually see. Um, I have my copy of Wavelength, um, which is the social deduction like game. Is that is that is that a way of describing it? It's a social. Um, I would say it is a social uh, bonding and uh, sort of like intuition game. Hmm. I would call it social bonding. Uh, game. <laughs> um, and now you say it like that, I'm uh, I'm a little uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> but the, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Wavelength is a game um, that is, uh, in many respects, a game show in a box. Um, in that it is this big wheel um, that that has a, a target on it, um, and uh, you are, are given a, a sort of. Uh, two poles of of a, a kind of like uh, a dichotomy uh, like between um one end and another end so hot and cold or um i don't know uh capitalist or socialist or um, evil uh, and good angelic yes ex- yeah. exactly um and uh you uh will kind of roll this wheel to find uh, to find the target only one of you in the group will get to open the little flap to, to see. It's all very satisfying, clunky, and everything <laughs> makes a wonderful noise. Um, and uh, you, uh, you you take a little peek at where the target is. Then, uh, So it will be somewhere between good and evil, right? Mm. That You'll see that the target is, I don't know, let's say 45% uh, uh, evil and uh, 55% good. It's like closer to good than it is mm-hmm. evil, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to come up with a word or small phrase that's um, or, or like concept that uh, describes exactly where on the the thing you want people to aim with their little uh, with their little kind of uh, dial. They have to guess where. There it is. There is the wheel for those of you who are watching live uh, or who are watching the video on demand. Uh, and that is the target. And you have to try and get the dial to line up. Um, with the the target by guessing uh, by by guessing via the only clue that you're given by the person who knows where it is, um, and you can play it co-op uh, and you can play it competitive with two teams um, and you can even play it two player just for fun. Um, but uh, yes, in fact, two player co-op is, also works. It is one of the most versatile games I have ever ever played. Um, 
and um, it is so satisfying, so wonderfully um, unique. I, I I really do really do love it, but uh, I'm I'm really glad you've got it as well because it's hard to get your hands on. Yes, I'm excited to play it because it seems like the perfect game you can play on like a video chat as well because nobody yeah. like I could call like we do it now right we could actually technically play a game we might man maybe maybe we'll do it uh, later on um, but we could actually I could just I, I'm the only one that needs a copy of the game and then I could just play it and everyone else could still join in as if they had a copy right you just need to be able to see it um, mm-hmm. so. Cool. So that's that, that. That was my bit of Sheffield news. Is that I did the play. I did the Treehouse board game delivery. Um, not really news as such. Um, but and, and actually, I, I, that's not the only thing I've bought um, in Sheffield um, this week. And actually, this is a tiny bit of news um, because not only are we a gaming podcast, but we frequently talk about the beers that we are drinking um, or alcoholic beverages or non-alcoholic beverages um, that we're drinking throughout the the, the, the stream. Um, and I'll see. It is both dry January and try January uh, this month, where you want to try a load of beers. Well, actually, uh, there's a nearby bottle shop, um, just located just on Abbeydale Road at the bottom of Abbeydale Road, called Two Thirds Beer Co. That's basically a half bar, half bottle shop. And because of the half bottle shop, they're able to kind of stay open and still keep selling beers to people um, in this lockdown. And actually, they're doing. They're now kind of just doing a pure delivery service. Um, and actually, if you can order a selection of beers from Two Thirds two-thirds beer co and they will literally give bring them to your house for free in like half an hour like they the delivery is kind of that quick um so we ordered we ordered the uh support sheffield breweries pack um at 5 p.m today and it arrived i've got it here so i was going to do a quick reveal um it arrived about an unboxing Um, it arrived about half past five so it literally took about half an hour um which is great so a um, little bit of ASMR for listeners as well. And I've got it comes with two crisp packets of Yorkshire crisps, um, Real. which you know, <laughs> nice, perfect for a night in. Happy with that. Uh, but then you get a selection of beers, all from Sheffield breweries. So all these kind of proceeds do go to supporting Sheffield beer places whilst they're closed and not able to open pubs and sell to pubs, um, which is really cool. So first of all, you get a, a, a drink, a bottle or a can of Heresy Lager from Abbeydale Brewery. Um, we get um, what is this? This is uh, straight out of Crosspool, which is by Crosspool Ale Makers. Um, oh, nice! Absolutely wicked kind of bottle there as well, or can there as well. Um, we've got this is um, what is this? Debit from Triple Point Brewing. Nice. Mm, um, triple Point, oh, great. Um, the Chameleon series mosaic. This one's called by Little Critters Brewing Company and the Sheffield Brewing Company. Um, old school quality. From St. Mars of the Desert. I have never heard of that brewery. St. Mars of the Desert. It's on Stevenson Road, S9. What do you know? <laughs> and uh, also, finally, um, we get one from Kellam Island Brewery as well. This one's called Pale Rider. So, a big selection of beers. Oh, you had it. And also, you get a little a little bottle of Hendo's as well. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. <laughs> because uh, Sport Sheffield. Um <laughs> So, like, so it, 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 if you can, if you're looking for beers, you are in Sheffield. I know some of our listeners and kind of watchers aren't in Sheffield. Um, hey, you might still be able to order it. Maybe they'll just charge delivery. I don't know. But if you are in Sheffield, you can get some, yeah, some nice beers and support Sheffield beer places as well at the same time. Um, just search Two Thirds Beer Co. I suppose they're really big on Instagram. Cool. Um, so that's my big plug for cool Sheffield stuff. Um, but actually, some Sheffield news then um, that I 
thought was was really cool and really quite uplifting this past week um, is that obviously schools have had to close and had to pivot and pivot to home learning and to online learning. Um, and there's been a lot of discussion in the past week around technical poverty. Um, and by that, I mean people kind of both students and also even teachers as well not really having the the tech that they need to kind of um to do home learning how people might envisage it right so people often envisage it oh everyone just jumps on a zoom call and then we we, we download or even print off our our worksheets and it's great oh look how cool we are home learning but for a lot of people that is a real problem and they're not able to do that um so one positive news story i saw this week actually was uh the game development company creative assembly um actually have spent Oh, I think um, this donated over £30,000 worth of brand new laptops to a bunch of kind of places across the UK, um, including Sheffield College, um, which is just kind of really kind of great, I think, so that they're able to kind of provide laptops and tech to people. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think, think, yeah, that's, that's a really, really great thing to do. The Like, the amount of people who um, haven't struggled up until now, because it's easy to think that everyone has devices to access the internet mm. and largely that is true um uh, largely across the country it is true that everyone has a device in their house that can access the internet and can download things and that sort of thing however with people working from home with people um who are there now their kids are home and also they're working from home it is possible that their kid doesn't they don't have enough devices mm. way more a huge portion of the country don't have enough devices to both have like uh, work calls and work uh, capable um, a work capable computer um, on to, to kind of like talk on zoom for work and also have your kid attend school at the same time via mm. uh, online classes and download worksheets and do all that sort of thing. Um, so <clears> this, <throat> this could like be affecting people that you directly know because it's a huge portion of the country mm -hmm. that are, are affected by that uh, by that sort of thing because these kind of things don't get tested until everyone has to use it at the same time yeah yeah this is kind of my like my area as well i guess um because obviously part of the work that i do is supporting those people that are help home educating uh, and teachers that obviously have to do online stuff as well and my previous job was sort of doing the internet for student accommodations and stuff so you know it's I, had, I wrote um a piece just i think two days ago on the, he's calling it what did you call it something poverty well, tech poverty right so i've always known it as the digital divide okay um which is sort of similar because that can be to do with sort of like people that are their abilities to be able to use the technology as well as having the, the means to be able to buy it as well and we, we were touched, well, I touched on this as well, just saying things like you said, Matt, like some, some homes do have a computer, but it's just that one computer in the living room and everyone's sort of having to share it or um, people sort of looking down at, you know, people for buying a smartphone, but they don't have computers and they're expecting to be able to reach services that are online. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a big deal. Um, so I'm really pleased that something's happening about it. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah. And um, because I think a lot of the, the, the laptops that have been provided by the government as well in the part of a lot of their schemes that they had up have been reported to just not not be up to spec so it seems like you know private sectors had stepped in a little bit um for a positive positive effect so yeah so that's really good um i'd love to kind of if anybody knows any more kind of positive news stories as well of of of, of kind of stuff going on in sheffield please please let us know like we'd love to kind of shout about it it's just things can feel very grim at the moment 
Um, and it's very easy to, 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 to get into that, to that feeling. I know I, I can very easily drop into feeling a bit kind of rubbish about everything and a bit kind of pessimistic about everything, but you see stories like this and it does grow your heart a little bit, right? Just a, a couple of inches like the Grinch. Um, well, I might, I might buy a bit of, um, bit of DLC for the total war, uh, Warhammer, uh, game I own. Um, if, mm-hmm. if uh, there, that's a, a creative assembly game. Nice. Um, uh, so I might, I might just uh, treat myself uh, yeah. today. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and it works out the bottom line for the companies as well. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Cool. Um, final bit of Sheffield news. Um, I just thought I'd share, actually, because this is something that's kind of, well, it's not relatively hot off the press, but it's quite closely related to me. Um, so I obviously work at the National Video Game Museum. Um, and the National Video Game Museum actually is looking for a Sheffield-based curator and we opened up an application or opened up a job listing um, this past week we are looking for a curator so if anybody's listening in and knows games inside out and is also kind of familiar with museums as well um, check out our website because we're looking to add to our lovely crew here at the museum Um, so yeah I just thought I'd share that little plug Um, okay gaming news Gaming news. Uh, does anyone have any cool gaming news they'd like to share, or shall I shall I carry on talking about stuff? I got stuff. Uh, I guess there's one thing. There's something mm-hmm. I I am excited about, which is uh, I, the the constant field that I'm monitoring, which is the crossover between board games, card games, and video games. Mm. Uh, I think I have. I'm sure I have mentioned on the podcast before. Um, Slay the Spire, the deck building um, mm. uh, kind of turn based RPG. Uh, uh, roguelike that just hits everything that I'm into. Um, Well, uh, it is a fantastic game, still a fantastic game, still worth playing, Um, but it's getting a board game, which means that uh, you're going to be able to do up to four-player co-op, building your decks and trying to overcome monsters. It's coming to Kickstarter soon. I don't know exactly when, but... um, uh, if you if you search Slay the Spire board game, you, it will come straight up, and uh, I I couldn't be more jazzed. Oh, I'm so yeah, I'm so excited for that. I, it's one of those games that you, when you're playing it, you just want those cards in your hand, right? You want to be able to feel yeah. that kind of tactile nature of it. And four player co op yeah. with it would be fantastic. Um, I've been actually dipping a little bit into Monster Train, which is a Slay the Spire like, um, and that yes. has multiplayer. But the multiplayer is basically you play at the same time. So at least this yeah. kind of co op version just sounds really cool and i had no idea how it's going to work but i'm excited to find out i'm i'm, I'm kind of scared of those builds that i have i've made in uh slay the spire those decks that i've made which is like every time you play a card draw a card your turn <laughs> goes on for three and a half hours and i'm like i don't <laughs> want to draw that many cards in real life i'll be shuffling all the time <laughs> there's going to be a lot of that and a lot of maths but <laughs> yeah. hey you pick it up um so actually, some of the gaming news I wanted to talk about is actually quite international and pleasantly not um, English language focused as well. Um, but there was a, a, a game was announced to be the most downloaded mobile game this year and was also the most downloaded mobile game last year worldwide. It's It currently has 80 million consecutive players at the same time, which is crazy, 80 million players. But do you know the name of it? It's not Metboy, is it? It's not that boy. I'm not that good at marketing it yet, I'm afraid. Um, but like, yeah, I was, I was, I was amazed to this, and a lot of people were saying like, I have never heard of this game. Like, this game has just like totally gone over my head. But is one of the most played games ever, all times uh, at the moment. It's not Among Us, um, but it's actually. I, ooh, you Google. If I had to, 
if I had to guess, I would have, I would have said just stuff that I'm always marketed, right? Like yeah. um, uh, Clash of whatever, something of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. clans. Um, it would I would guess at like with friends. Uh, <laughs> with friends is a good shout. Yeah, yeah, accessible Candy Crush. Um, Fallout uh, Shelter. Fallout, yeah, it's a good shout. Um, uh, or like you know AFK Arena or the like one of the one of those auto chess things. Afraid not. Sorry, no, no to all of them. It's um, it's a game called Garena Free Fire. Have you ever heard yes. of it? <laughs> yeah. No. Garena <laughs> Free Fire. It's the game. It came out. It came out of Singapore actually. Um, it, it's it's a battle royale game that looks kind of like PUBG, kind of like Call of Duty Warzone, and is basically built specifically for phones. Um, and yeah, it's it's absolutely huge, absolutely massive. They recently relaunched a new season um, that is forefronted by Cristiano Ronaldo, who is actually a character in the game. Um, is he? Yeah, I Google it. It's, it's Garena Free Fire. I I hadn't heard of it either. Um, well, I I kind of half seen it, but I've never played it. Um, massive, absolutely huge game. Good me. Might yeah. download that and not met by. No. No, um, <laughs> Boy is free to download, just in case anyone's listening and they do want to kind of try it out. Just saying, Green of Fear Fire is also friends. By the way, I'm running out of people to play against. <laughs> yeah, because you're you're too good, <laughs> trashing everyone. Um, other other kind of cool news. Um, did you see that the Twitch viewership record was broken this past week as well? Yes, um, but like by an absolutely absurd amount. Like I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, um, so previously the record was, I think, for an individual streamer, I think it was the, was it the Ninja and Drake stream that had, like, 600,000 viewers? Yeah. Sounds right. Something like that. Mm. So this... Definitely Ninja. Don't know about the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this guy's a guy, uh, is a Spanish streamer, I think, called um, David Martinez, known as The Grefk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he uh, basically plays Fortnite, and he had uh, peak viewership... 2.47 million viewers which is like four times the amount of the Good previous record um that is incredible right Oof. so did you see twitter though when it happened how quickly it descended into this is fake this can't be real and then it turned into a big like race relations conversation really? it was it, nobody can have anything on twitter can they like <laughs> it started being about spain or about particular players it wasn't just oh sick well done guy it was let's, <laughs> let's make this as cracky as possible oh, it was man. great and i was like sub this what let, else is trending <laughs> let, let people have nice things uh, it? Just once. well another thing that is trending uh was the new new pokemon snap trailer um that you said you wanted to talk about matt did you did you watch it I did watch it. I, I mean, it didn't give us that much apart from the fact that it uh, looks amazing. It, um, like, it, it, it looks gorgeous. I love. I, I always love the the art style of, of Pokemon games, and um, it, it fits right in there. Um, it has all the new Pokemon, so you know I'm going to have to start learning some names. <laughs> get back on, get back on Pokemon Go, and see if I can figure out because like pokemon go has this weird thing where it, it'll give you a set of pokemon you're like i think i'm on top of this i keep seeing the same pokemon i think i think i've i think i've come across the pokemon and then it just all changes and you're like oh no no there's there's more uh <laughs> how many are there now? Do you know in total uh 800 i think 
That's too many, isn't it? <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of Pokemon. I, I, I... when they brought out the Keys Pokemon and the literal trash Pokemon. <laughs> and then I was yeah. like... That Pokemon embodies what this franchise has become. Rubbish. Uh, yeah. I mean, they. I mean, they. To be fair, they started the franchise with two Pokemon who were both just Pokeballs, but upside down and the right way up. It's true, and also yeah. some of them are just, just, just like birds, right? Like Pidgey, it's just a bird. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've got quite a lot of of, of, of Pokemon that are just birds, actually. Uh, what? Which one? The, the, literally, the the. A selection of keys. I can't even think what. Yeah. I, what's that collection now for keys? A key ring. <laughs> yeah, it's just a key ring. And then there's just like a rubbish bin. And it's like, right, okay. I like the ice cream one. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Pokemon Snap is, if for those who haven't played it or seen it, I, I, I do believe it's quite a few. I think Pokemon Snap is a relatively niche game. Um, it is an N64 game, or was an N64 game, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, uh, in, in which it is like, if you imagine Time, uh, is it time Crisis, or, um, mm-hmm. you know, any other kind of on-rails uh, shooter, imagine that, except you've got a camera, and you are shooting Pokemon with the camera. Uh, and the, the idea with Pokemon Snap is to get the best... Uh, pictures of the pokemon as you go through the various areas in uh, that they inhabit you're trying to capture them in their natural habitat which is brill it's just such a good idea um such an interesting way to interact with pokemon because of course the it might seem like it's a little there's there's, you're going to be kind of stuck for content right Mm -hmm. um well uh in the one of the pieces of genius of, of pokemon snap was that you um that you interacted with the Pokemon in various ways by putting bait in front of them to try and lure them into, into uh, a closer proximity to you um, and kind of get the, get them, uh, get a better picture, but also trying to manipulate the environment in weird way, weird and wonderful ways. You sort of like, you threw a, uh, a, 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 an apple and it bonked an electrode on the head and the electrode suddenly went, oh, I'm, I've got to self-destruct to protect myself. So it, it, it self-destruct blows down a wall, at which point behind it, you see an Electabuzz who you have to use bait to draw it towards mm-hmm. a, a, a kind of a, a generator to get that powered back up. And it just takes you to a brand new place. That's how you unlock the next level in uh in uh, Pokemon Snap, oh. there's this brilliant sort of like um, uh, ecosystem where you're trying to interact with these various things. There's a few games that do that with the photographs and stuff. Like I think Beyond Good and Evil definitely has it because that's mm. the whole one of the whole points, isn't it? And um, there's a Hyrule Com- Compendium, is that right? So there's, I think there's a couple of games where they've sort of included a fill a picture album up type. Yes. Part of the game. Uh, yes. I like it. Like that, I sounded really unenthused, but I, I really I like like the idea a lot. Well, it, funny enough, there was, a re- there was a book recently released um, that has, a few, I think, a few interviews with uh, ex-Nintendo kind of head Satoru Iwata, um, and he talks about a lot of the kind of history of these games. Um, and well, Leah just kind of snuck into uh, the room whilst I'm recording, Leah, my partner, just so she can um, just give me <laughs> our copy of Pokemon Snap that I can show on stream. Yes. Um, but th- th- this interview with Satoru Iwata, he actually explained that Pokemon Snap wasn't a Pokemon game initially. It was a wildlife photography game, but they found it wow. really they found it really boring, and they didn't know who was going to play it. Just take pictures of like uh, just a weird animal, um, but then they put Pokemon in it, and it was absolutely a massive cult hit. Um, 
But I think you're right, because like Pokemon are brilliant like characters. So when you enter this kind of mythical world, this magical world, um, like you do with Beyond Good and Evil and um, with like the Zelda series or any kind of games with a really cool photo mode, it's just so much cooler, isn't it? Let's take pictures of that stuff. Well, I mean, imagine imagine using that kind of Rube, uh, Rube Goldberg machine, sort of like trying to lure something out to knock something over to try and like mm. to un, un, un kind of cover a part of the track that you want to go down. Like imagine doing that in a wildlife photography simulator. Like it doesn't yeah. fit, does it? Yeah. Like the Pokemon having cool powers and like, like I love it because I love Pokemon Snap because it is a cross between a photography game and a point and click adventure where you try to interact with various things and you learn contextually about the people around, about the creatures around you. Um, and uh, I think that just wouldn't work if it was just animals. Mm. It explores no, I... what's gorgeous about Pokemon, which is just that, that like that hidden power, the, the coolness of it. The magic. Yeah. The <laughs> magic. And it's great to explore that contextually mm-hmm. um, in sharp contrast. If everyone's, with thoughts uh, my, my last my last thought about about new pokemon snap yeah. is i'm really annoyed that it's called new pokemon snap um because what yeah. kind of what, why do you call a game new 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 game because what happens the new adventures of superman but anyway anyway sorry man, I, was, I was i was deflecting old super mario brothers mm. uh <laughs> yeah um so in, in sharp contrast uh, the Umurangi Generation is a game I have been playing, which is a, also a photography game. Um, it is a what I would describe as a um, almost uh, apocalyptic nihilist punk p- Pokemon Snap. Um, the Umurangi Generation, uh, or Umurangi Generation, I should say, um, takes you uh, in, puts you in the shoes of a photographer, a teenage photographer, uh, hanging out with your friends in what I believe is a part of New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you're hanging out on a... The first level is you are hanging out on a rooftop taking pictures of your friends and taking pictures of, you know, various bits and bobs. And, and the, the, what you get is, is photo bounties. So it's like people... So like you are tasked with getting photos of these things, right? And it might be like, get a photo of a boombox and, um, and a tape in the same shot, right? So then you have to figure out, okay, how can I line up a tape, like a, like a cassette tape and a boom box in the background and get to the right position where I can get both of those in shot. And then you get to the kind of, it's like a first person thing. So you're like leaning around and you, and it's, uh, to be honest, it's the only photo- photography game I've ever played with a double jump. Um, so uh, you can you can bounce, jump up onto the top of buildings and you can sort of like m- jump around like a parkour around this environment platforming um, to get your shot. And it is, um, it doesn't explain anything really about the story or anything like that. Um, But very quickly, you start to realize that something is kind of up in this world. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of kind of anti-establishment. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff, crates around and things like that, that are stamped with property of the UN. Um, And uh, you are, and there's, there's, um, you know, uh, there's, there's, graffiti on the walls which is um you know kind of like uh, uh you know f f cops uh don't mm. trust them and like uh there's these and then everything is strangely uk and union jack themed as well oh, in really? the first level 
like there's there's you know union jack on the bottom of a of a skateboard and like um various things are like branded uh you know uh made in the uk and that sort of thing very strange to find in uh in a location which is a very kind of like uh new has a very new zealand um sounding uh kind of title mm. so as you progress on you get all your you get all your photo bounties you can do it in a time limit or you can just take your time you can find a load of hidden collectibles and so they're very small maps and the mm. and the visual style is quite low res it's not exactly um it's 3d but it's not exactly a uh, a high res game um but you can certainly get nice uh kind of color compositions and it starts to teach you about about like different kinds of photography. And as you go along, you start unlocking new lenses, which can, uh, uh, you get like a telephoto lens and you get like a fisheye lens and wide angle and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and you get to mess around with the color balance and all that kind of thing to kind of get the, get the shots that you, that you want. Um, and some of them are necessary, right? You need a wide angle lens to get, for instance, if it's, a, if it's a tight area and it says, take a picture of all your friends, you have to get your wide angle lens out because otherwise you're not getting a shot of all of them in the same shot. Mm. Um, and so like the, 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 the bounties get harder, but also you start to, um, encounter like military checkpoints and, um, various like depictions of, and, and, uh, the very start of the game during the tutorial, it tells you this is a blue bottle, otherwise known as a Portuguese man of war. Never take a photograph of it. What? This is, this is freaking and... out, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do not take a photograph. And in fact, they are around. These these weird jellyfish things are lying around the, the, the uh, environment. And if you do take a, a picture of one, you get fined. Oh. Um, and um, it just goes, eh, eh, you're taking a picture, uh, and it, it does two things. It provides a hazard for you to actually avoid taking a photo of, mm -hmm. providing things that you should try and avoid, but also it's like, what's going on with these yeah. jellyfish things? Mm. What's, what's, what's the secret to be hiding? Exactly. And so, like, all sorts of starts to go on. You start to unpick, like, try to unpick the what's happening politically in this world, what's happening generally in this world. Um, and uh, I won't go too far into it because I do I do think it's worth going for. It might be a little expensive for me. It might be worth waiting on a sale. It's about £10, I think, just about just over £10, Umarangi um, uh, Generation. But um, it's got a soundtrack, which is auteur, like it's by a punk band. That um, it's it's all by one band, so it's really really nice. Mm -hmm. A little like Night in the Woods, you know, it's it's kind of got that sort of. This soundtrack is an album for this game mm -hmm. it feels great um but also um i want to i'm going to tell you um the dedication that is in the credits um just to kind of give you a, a, the, the, a little teaser which is to say um this uh this so uh, do you know what before i do this <laughs> i should say that um as you go on you don't get asked to take pictures of terrifying war atrocities or anything you're still taking pictures of duct tape and med kits and your friends. Mm -hmm. And um, just, it, it feels like an exercise in the mundanity, like, like being able to focus on a passion project mm -hmm. while things are everywhere, while you're in, it, where everything around you is in crisis, being able to focus on a single passion project, having fun with your friends, um, uh, taking pictures of the mundane around you. And actually, like, kind of that really resonated with me mm. because it feels like this, this, right? Mm. Um, it feels like us 
focusing and loving the small things and the community you're in so that you don't always get lost in the big. Mm. And um, it's beautiful in that respect. And that, with that, I will end this weird review um, <laughs> with this dedication, which just simply says, dedicated to the Umurangi generation, the last generation that has to watch the world die. Ooh. Well, I like it. Sounds wild. It is mad brill. A completely unique experience. Cool. Well, <laughs> I, oh, I, I, how do I follow that? I, um... I feel like I've changed as a person after listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. What is the, oh, well, um, that is like, so play Pokemon Snap? No, don't play Meringue Down Generation. Um, I play both. They both definitely will leave yeah. me feeling weird uh, in a different way. That sounds great. That sounds really, really cool. Uh, 10 pounds, that's not much at all for a kind of unique experience like that. Like, um, mm. even It's only like four or five hours, I think, at, at most. Um, mm. So it's, you know, mm. e- even better. Love me a short game. Please yeah. give me a game that I can finish in a sitting or two. Love that. Um, cool. Uh, so w- w- one thing I kind of uh, wanted to talk about today uh, was was kind of setting targets 2021. However, we totally ran out of time. So we'll just we'll park that. We'll come back to that later on. No worries. Um, but uh, one thing I did want to kind of end on, I kind of wanted to end each one of these shows a little bit of positivity. Uh, and actually, Jade, you wanted to kind of mention something that you've been working on as well. Uh, yeah, uh, so I popped a shout out into the Women in Games chat and onto Twitter just to ask uh, some women or anyone who identifies as female to get in touch with me so we could spend a couple of minutes at the end of the show just sort of celebrating the work they do and getting a bit of an, an idea of who they are um, what industries they're working in, some of their thoughts and feelings on everything. Um, hopefully at some point we'll get some of them on the show, but this was pretty short notice because I kind of asked them yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, this isn't going to be very polished or anything, so I'm literally just going to read out a bio and we'll show, you, show you some stuff on screen. Um, but basically... The website we are looking at right now, I think, are we looking at it? Yes, I think so. Okay, so this is Basil. Uh, Basil is a queer neurodivergent black and indigenous writer, a sensitivity consultant and translator. Uh, Basil published their first D&D adventure, which is called Riches of the Earth. Uh, that was last month, so back in December. Um, <laughs> this is a potato-themed horror story where mm-hmm. no one has to die. The town is 99% <laughs> non-white, and almost the, all of the NPCs are queer. Um, so when Basil's not working, uh, they're working on a TTRPG writing uh, project. Um, they're translating Homer's Odyssey into AAVE. I don't know what that stands for. Does anybody else? Uh, it's uh, Afro-American, African-American Vernacular English, I believe. Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, I was like, I've, I've not heard that one. But now I've, not, now I've learned something, so that's nice. <laughs> um, and that's a project they're calling the... Aphrodisy. <laughs> I might have butchered the uh, the pun there, but no, I like Odyssey. it. I like it. It's good. Um, so yeah, this is the uh, the website as well. Um, they have got a portfolio. Did I send you the, the drive link? I have. Yes, the portfolio is on here. It's got a list of all the stuff that it's got on it. Um, it's PDF. Um, we could probably link to the PDF as well. Maybe on Twitter afterwards. Um, yeah, that that'd be awesome. Um. Yeah, if you want to get hold of Basil, uh, their Twitter handle is Corbanyak underscore Kana, and I'm just going to type that into the chat as well, and I'll spell it out. 
Oh, I think uh, we've got Nightbot. Nightbot's there. Got it on. Oh, really? Yeah. What do I do? It. It's already there. It's in, it's in the chat. Oh, it's already there. Amazing. <laughs> Technology. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've only got the, the Twitter for, for Basil there. But um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. More people are getting in touch with me. I've got like seven people, I think, that just like us to quickly showcase their work. Mm. Um, but yeah, if you've got the time, take, take a look because, you know, we're all, th we're just three white people. So mm -hmm. why not? I mean, <laughs> mm. it's nice to get a bit of diversity thrown in. And I think we definitely will by sort of opening it up in this way as well. And obviously I'm the only girl here. And I got my two guys. So we can start trying to even, even the sky a little bit. See Absolutely. what the girls think. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I love this. I think this is a really cool kind of thing. And if you've got other people that are wanting to kind of um, hopefully kind of share their um, their work, uh, please do. Let's do it and let's get them on as well. Um, I did never found something like this by myself as well. Like I wouldn't even know where to start. So this is amazing. Obviously um, on the page there, you can see all about Basil um, and a bit more information about them. So mm. thanks for letting me share that. All right. Thank you. That's ace. Awesome. So uh, we'll, 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 we'll finish up for now. Uh, Matt, if people kind of want to find you uh, after the podcast on the internet, where can they do that? Well, as you can see below me, if you're watching live, I am at Matt Speaks Words or Matt Peak Swords, whichever one you, where you want to read that, uh, whichever helps you remember it and type it into twitter.com uh, and go there um, and follow me. But if you want to hear a little bit more of my voice, goodness knows I don't know why you would because I've been speaking uh, uh, just endlessly on this podcast but if you want to hear me uh, talking a little bit more about nonsense movies that will never get made um you can go over to soundcloud.com forward slash life's a pitch podcast or just type just uh, search life's a pitch podcast in your uh, various app of choice um your podcast app of choice um, it is a podcast that i do and have done for the past five or six years uh, where we make pitch uh, we pitch movies that will never get made based on titles that you send to us that's at life's a pitch show on twitter and you can give us your titles i've just actually uh, put out a post for a disney movie that will never get made um uh, so if you can think of a disney movie that you don't think would, would get made um we are looking for your title so tweet us over there send those in and um please do subscribe to the podcast uh, and and have a listen to it i'm quite proud of it and i think you're going to enjoy um just listening to short form ridiculous storytelling is what we kind of tend to do um and uh, we kind of improvise it and don't plan it ahead of time and just go go with it so uh yeah, that's me. It's real good stuff. It's real funny. Uh, Jade, whereabouts can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at the Knox Bear. You can find me at twitch.tv slash Knox Uh I'd like you to go to emberab.gg, but I don't have any updates for you. So you'll just see the website, but you won't be able to do anything with it. Um, <laughs> but hopefully something's going to happen with that soon. If there's a, a night bot for Ember, sweet. Thanks, Leah. Um, I hope soon I'll be able to give you some amazing updates and showcase some profiles and stuff, but still a work in progress. Fingers crossed, some uh, good news in 2021 for us moving forward. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, with me, you can find me uh, at Chrono Cleon or running kind of all the kind of stuff going on at the National Video Game Museum. Um, did launch, uh, I did get to launch a new kind of Twitter account today, actually, um, which I'll provide more information on uh, in upcoming weeks. But it's it's 
it's Games Careers Week, which is a big week coming at the end of March, which is a big national week about highlighting the careers you can do, you can have in games. But I'll talk about that in a future podcast. Uh, otherwise, thank you all for listening, and I guess we'll see you next week. Oh, oh, actually, no, wait, oh, man, I should really get like a closing statement so that I know I don't forget all this stuff. Um, but do <laughs> if you are on if you are on Twitter, uh, go check out at Sheffield Gaming and follow us on there as well. That is the official Twitter account for this podcast. Uh, otherwise, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week.